Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here we are jumping off an hour two of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Welcome in. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here with you till 1230 this afternoon. We'll hand things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network, getting you set for LSU and Ole Miss today at 230. The Tigers trying to get to 500 on the season. Last year's game against Ole Miss, Herb, if you remember, was kind of a a turning point for that LSU defense after um, Ole Miss just shredded them on the ground in particular. Um, in Oxford, and I remember that game. Um, LSU came away looking at at, the, at their defense, saying, "Hey, if we're going to win a national championship, we got to shore up our defense." And they did in the SEC title game and in the uh, playoffs as well. Well, you know, I remember, um, you know, the, the the big knock, I guess, quote unquote, was on Dave Aranda was he wasn't enthusiastic enough, and you know, things like that. It was really weird. Uh, of how he was because I thought that he actually really interacted with the kids really well. Um, but I just think it's really was, it was the scheme that he had that, that really made them look like they weren't uh, out there flying around and all that stuff. They were always in position to make the plays for the most part. And, um, and what they brought to, to LSU last year was uh, uh, the ability to be able to get the stop when you needed to stop because we would score 40 points and we just needed to, to only allow 28, you know what I mean? And uh, and we did that for the most part. And I thought that, um, you know, this old Miss, that old Miss game was, was pivotal as well for, for to try to, you know, to, to turn a corner or to catapult us to where we wanted to be last year. But, you know, this game is, is different. Uh, you know, you got you got all new coaches everywhere <laughs> for the most part, and uh, it's going to be really fun to watch. I, I, you know, you know, we had talked earlier in the season about uh, you know, Coach O and um, Mike Leach coaching against each other and how fun that would be. This is going to be fun as well with Lane Kiffin and Coach O coaching against each other. Two guys that were at SC at the time, I believe, weren't they at SC at the time mm-hmm. um, together? Um, and and uh, so they know each other very well. And Coach uh, O worked for Lane uh, at Tennessee, remember? At, at Tennessee, there you go. I'm sorry, at Tennessee. So it's going to be fun to watch this game, and it's 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 cool that you know things come full circle like that. Now, Ole Miss has a has a team that they can score points on you. And can't stop LSU nobody. Defense, 
that will let you go score points alone. <laughs> you know, so we're going to see which one has to give. Somebody has to give. So, I, you know, I, I tend to hope that my Tigers are going to slow down this Ole Miss offense. Um, but, you know, you just never know. I, I really do like Lane Kiffin a lot, and I really do think that he's in a really a, a good place for him at Ole Miss to be able to um, continue his legacy and what he wants to build and what he wants to leave behind as far as his coaching is concerned. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. This is not going to be an easy game, I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, Ole Miss is going to come in here, and they're going to want to do the same thing that they do to everybody, and that's put up 31 points, put up 40 points, put up 50 points if they can. And if you notice, they gave Alabama their best run for the money um, earlier this season. So I think they're going to be up for this game and try to do the same for to LSU. Championship weekend in college football, the uh, conference championships at least, and there still are some other SEC games and other games, conference games, because of COVID-19. Right now, Texas A&M, number five, Texas A&M trailing Tennessee uh, in the first quarter, seven to nothing. The uh, Big 12 championship game just underway between Oklahoma, number 10, Oklahoma, and number six, Iowa State, uh, 13-10, just underway in the first quarter. Later on, in about, nah, it should be underway here shortly, um, in about 45 minutes, number 14, Northwestern, taking on number four, Ohio State, 3 p.m. Uh, Central time, number three, Clemson, taking on number two, Notre Dame, a rematch of earlier this season when Notre Dame upset Clemson and they stormed the field in a moment where Notre Dame looked like they hadn't been there in a while and should have known better. Uh, But nonetheless, Trevor Lawrence not in that game earlier this year. He is back this time around. Uh, Clemson-Notre Dame should be a fun one to keep an eye on during LSU's matchup with Ole Miss. Also, the um, Mountain West championship game between Boise State, the Broncos, versus the uh, San Jose versus San Jose State Spartans, twenty uh, fourth ranked San Jose, and the SEC championship game tonight at seven p.m. between Alabama, number one Alabama, and number seven Florida. Um, what would a two loss Florida win over Alabama do to the college football playoffs? I mean, that would cause sheer chaos. Or <laughs> I think it would. I, I just I don't see. I don't know if Florida would would go into it unless Texas A and M loses. If Texas A&M loses, then I can see them putting Florida, Florida in it. But I, I don't know, man. It's I, I just but here's the thing: everybody said they did not see LSU beating Florida last week. I'm saying I do not see Florida beating Alabama this week at all. I just don't see it. I think Nick Saban is going to have these guys ready to roll. It's at 7 p.m. in Atlanta, their second home where they always play. Um, and, and I just, you know, I see Devontae Smith having a huge game. Mac Jones just throwing the ball all over the place. I see the defense flying around for Alabama. I think Florida, if, if Pitts is supposed to play, I think that's the best player they have on their team. Kyle Trask is going to be able to get him the football. But I just think that uh, Alabama's firepower is just going to be too much for him, and I just don't see it Florida ha- uh, beating them at all. So with that being said, I just I think it's going to roll the way it's going to roll. The biggest question mark is going to be if – Clemson beats Notre Dame. Will Clemson and Notre Dame still make it? Now, you know, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how so much. I guess, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that should work out personally because I don't, I don't really. I wanna, think they'll flip flop. I think they probably will. Now, if you know Notre Dame beats Clemson, then what at that point, right? Then I, I, I still think that Cincinnati deserves an opportunity to be there. 
they're nine and zero or whatever they are. They should be there in, in the top four team. I think I think Clemson should not be there right now. Whoever you know, it should be the undefeated teams up there right now because Cincinnati has played great. They 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 they've gotten you know their team to where they can actually be something to reckon with, and I think they deserve to be there. But it's so difficult. For that, what is the group of five teams to be able to get in that put that top four for whatever reason? But it is what it is. Now I will tell you this though, Christian, the game that you did not mention yet that I was looking forward to, and it has no implications on anything other than my ability to be an awesome person, right? Is <laughs> the Coastal Carolina and UL game? I was looking it's canceled. forward to that yeah. game, but it got canceled, man. Those Chanticleers versus the Raging Cajuns. I was looking forward to it because I was pulling for. Both teams really, and I was really anxious to to watch that and see that game. So, but I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, and they've been declared the Chanticleers have been declared the Sun Belt Conference champions yeah. because of Louisiana's COVID nineteen uh, issues within their football program. They have canceled the Sun Belt Conference championship game, and that's a Sun. I mean, that's a Coastal Carolina team that, if you remember, came into LSU on the baseball diamond and upset the Tigers in a super regional and went on to win the College World Series is a football program and really an athletic department in Coastal Carolina that seems like they're trying to make a leap, Herb. They're trying to get into that upper echelon. Well, you're right, but I wanted to see where UL was against a team like that because that team was is ready to make that jump. So I wanted to see where UL was exactly because I, I think that, you know, always a, I'm always a Louisiana guy. I was definitely going to pull for the Raging Cajuns. Um, but it just—it was just an intriguing game to me, and I wanted to see what it would, what the outcome would have been. Now, I don't think that they should have outright just said, "Okay, the shots are the champions," due to UL having COVID problems. That's—I think that's not fair. I think they should have. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what bowl games they're going to, but they—they could have found a way to play this game on Wednesday of next week, right before Christmas or something. I don't know something uh, to make this thing happen, but. Apparently they couldn't, and I think that it, it, it does not it does a disservice to um, UL for not allowing them to have a chance at least winning that title. Can you name the famous Chanticleer alumni that's currently in the NFL? Was once uh, one of the better cornerbacks in the National Football League. He's currently playing with the Washington Football Team. Um, if I had to take a guess, my guess would be, and I'm just throwing this out there. Um, Deion Sanders. I mean, just throw it out there, you know, <laughs> just say anything because you don't know the answers to that, right? I don't have no clue. Zero. <laughs> Deion Sanders obviously went to Florida State University. Josh Norman yeah, is the player no, you're looking Josh. for. Okay. And look, I am not a Josh Norman fan at all. I do not like Josh Norman. Um, you know, that's why I would have never said his name, to be honest with you. But I see that. I see that. Okay. Yeah. Some of the other names that you might recognize, uh, obviously. Uh, Mike Tolbert, you remember him, the fullback for the Chargers, yep. running back for the Chargers and Panthers. Tyler Thigpen, the uh, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings yep. and also Kansas City Chiefs. Um, outside of that, I'm reading some of the names, and there's not a whole lot of uh, – they have had six players drafted to Chanticleers in their history. So they put some players in the National Football League, but none bigger than Josh Norman who was once considered a few years ago one of the best corners in the league, now has been uh, lost in the abyss of the Washington football team. That's just where go- where guys go to never be heard from again. I'm just... I thought that was Cleveland. That's not Cleveland It's anymore. not Cleveland anymore. Now it's the likes of uh, the Washington football team, uh, the New York Jets, 
the Jacksonville Jaguars. So um, those are the latest of the abyss teams in the NFL. That, uh, by the way, the rooting interest. I'm sure the Jets are pulling for uh, Trevor Lawrence and the, and the Clemson Tigers. So are the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who do you think Herb ends up with the number one overall pick in the National Football League? Is it the Jags or the Jets? You think the Jets go winless? Who's the, who's the Jags play this weekend? Oh, I got to look it up. That's what I need to know. I need to know who plays who. So um, the Jets, I think they have a, a, a tougher game. Actually, I think the Jets play. I can't remember exactly who they play, but um, the Jags see. play Baltimore, and the okay. Jets play the Rams on the road. So I, I think that <laughs> I think they both, both are going to lose. Yeah. I think the Jets go go winless. I really think that they're the 2007, 2008 uh, Detroit Lions. I mean, I think they're that bad of a football team. Look, the the Rams can play like the uh, quote unquote uh, 2019 Kansas City Chiefs sometimes, or they can play like the 2020 Jets sometimes. But I think that they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna beat the Jets, and the Jets are gonna go winless. I mean, I just don't see them winning the game. I just, I, I just. I don't know. I just I, I, I see the Jets having a number one overall pick. The problem is you pick a Trevor Lawrence, but what do you do with the Trevor Lawrence pick? Right? What do you do with that? Do you how do you build the team around them? They have never done anything to try to build the team around anyone that they've had thus far. I mean they even had Brett Favre at one point, remember? Yeah. And they did nothing about that. I mean obviously he was on his latter part of his years of playing, but he still was a pretty good player at that time. Yeah, I'd um, say so. I mean, the, the Jets have had some decent, really good players. Uh, I remember the, the running back, Curtis Martin, he started at the Jets. Didn't he start at the Jets he and did. ended up at, at the Patriots or whatever? And, um, I mean, they just they just think they, I mean, they just can't get it together. So the Jets will get Trevor Lawrence unless Trevor Lawrence pulls the Eli Manning and says, I'm not coming. I'm never going to go. you got to trade me. I won't show up to camp ever. Um, and, and then – you know, how do you move forward from that? I have no idea. But I will say this, though. I, I will say this. I'm a little bit, uh, and we're kind of getting off topic a little bit, but I'm a little bit afraid for Drew Brees this weekend. The only reason why I'm kind of not is because they're playing Andy Reid, and I think Andy Reid will, will kind of dial it back a little bit and not really come after Drew. But I hope Drew is fine, and I think he's going to play well if he's 100% fine. But I just, I just wanted him to wait one more week just to give this thing a little bit, you know, some rest time. I hear you, but it's urgent. LSU, I mean, and uh, I mean the Saints and the uh, Chiefs tomorrow, uh, and, and the Saints are still very much alive for that number one overall seed. Need some help from the Carolina Panthers. Ironically, today uh, the Panthers taking on the, the Packers, so uh, I'll be pulling for the, for the Panthers uh, today, taking on um, Green Bay, hoping to help the Saints for that number one seed. Uh, Northwestern yeah. Ohio State just underway in the Big Ten championship game. They are scoreless. Number five, Texas A&M, seven all against Tennessee in Rocky Top. We'll keep you updated on the scores throughout the uh, show, and we lead up to a 2.30 kickoff between LSU and Ole Miss in Death Valley right here on WWL. Our com talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. LSU going for an attempt to make it 500 on the season, 5-5. Five and five. Is that acceptable considering the COVID-19 pandemic season. Good morning. Uh, 6818 says, I'm totally disappointed in the LSU football season. I don't think Coach O was prepared for this season. He should have had 
two quarterbacks ready. It just looked like he did not get this team fired up for each game. The old saying, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Your thoughts. Herb, I'll uh, concede to you uh, about that one. You know, I mean, there's a lot going on with that text right there. I think that um, – um, That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. There's a lot yeah. going on. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, because I, I just don't think that – that I think Coach o always gets those guys up to play, and that's and, and I don't think he ever fails them, you know, in that manner. Like, you know, I, I, I think they're always ready to play enthusiastic and hyped and, you know, excited about it, that kind of stuff. The problem is, you know, is is how do you get the two quarterbacks ready when you don't even have an off season? You know what I'm saying? So like that's really really difficult in 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 trying to have those guys ready to roll when you can't. Like you did your best you could with two true freshmen who were getting probably ten percent of the reps because Miles Brennan was getting eighty percent of them because he needed them because he needed to be the guy moving forward. Um, you know, and then, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just difficult to, to say. But, yeah, I'm completely disappointed in it, too. But but at the end of the day, I will take in consideration all of the different obstacles that they have to hurdle in order to at least become 5-5. Five and five. Now, to lose the, to Mississippi State first game of the season, 80 to eighty to 45 or whatever the score was, um, the, the, and then for Mississippi State to not win another game, <laughs> is really bad, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, that 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 in itself is one of the most difficult situations pills that I have to swallow with that, you know, saying that, but you know, look, at the at, I think I think coach O is going to get the ship right. He's done it before. I think he can do it again. The difference is he needs an off season. If you remember last season, Joe Brady came in in the spring, right? And he implemented that offense, and that offense became what it became in the fall. If you give him an opportunity this spring to do the same, I think it can happen. One of my gripes. And I don't mean Joe Brady coming in. I mean just implementing the defense that they need to implement, get the players in, in, in the building, get those guys ready to roll, implement whatever teachings you need to teach them about how you want them to react. And then we got a whole other defense, too. We're running the 4-3 defense versus the 3-4 defense. Does it matter? Yes, it does matter. Does it matter, um, you know, it, because you have different players? It's not so much the different players. It's the style of those players. So that's why when Jimmy was talking about Mason, um, the recruit from uh, 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 Homa, from Terrebonne, he is integral part to that 4-3 defensive line scheme because he's a big 6-5 defensive tackle, and that's what you need. You need those big guys. Her my biggest complaint uh... – you know, going into last season, we had heard so much about Joe Brady and how much he really helped the receivers in terms of catching footballs. He was forcing them to catch footballs, and you know, I think it was some obscene amount a day. They had to they had to work on the jugs for so many, and we're seeing we saw a lot of drop balls this year. And I I think that that's where one of those small details you look at and say, yeah, see, that's where you're missing Joe uh, Joe Brady. Well, yeah, but once again, they had no spring training. They had no they, they could they could do nothing except for you know literally they wasn't even in school during the spring. Remember, I mean literally this is what it was. So, it is 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 you have that that's missing. That's not so much a Joe Brady thing this year. Yeah, Joe Brady implemented it last year, but we could not carry that over this year because literally you could not do it. Like literally, <laughs> so. Moving forward, 
even now that that's been implemented, hopefully we get a true spring where the guys are on campus and they can catch the ball an absurd amount of times per day. I think that's going to make a difference. So, And that's where the asterisks or the the inconsiderations or the, the considerations come into play about this past season of, you know, you have to be able to take that into consideration. If you don't, there's no way you can say, well, just because they weren't on campus doesn't mean that they, uh, you know, that, that, you know, that they should, shouldn't be great. Well, here's the thing. The thing is you don't have a, a Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson or Terrence Marshall that are three guys that are, that, that have been on campus now for three years. You have freshmen, true freshmen that have been on campus now never, basically, because they couldn't even go to school during the spring. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a little bit different, and we'll see exactly how it works out. But I think it will be fine moving forward. Jeff Palermo, WWL.com columnist, is next. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. This time last year, LSU was gearing up for their semifinal playoff matchup against Oklahoma. This year in 2020, such a 2020 thing to do. They're getting ready for Ole Miss to finish 500 on the season. Welcome into the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. I'm Christian Garrick, Herb Tyler alongside. We welcome in now Jeff Palermo, our WWL.com columnist. And Jeff, uh, first off, before we get into this, I want to thank you for holding it down the uh, previous four weeks while I was out. I uh, really appreciate that. Well, uh, and I am uh, so glad that you're back, Christian. I know uh, all the listeners of uh, WWL have really missed uh, hearing your insights. Uh, Herb, it was uh, we, we had some uh, interesting uh, times for the LSU football program to discuss. I mean, uh, there wasn't yes, uh, a shortage of things to talk about. But uh, Christian, as uh, as I sent to you in a text message, so proud that uh, you know I've always looked up to you because of your uh, time as a serving in the military, but uh, even proud of you now, uh, knowing that you needed to get help and you got it. Hopefully you'll be a better person for it from here on out. Jeff, thanks for the kind words. Hey, man. Um, So where to start for an LSU program, Jeff? And and bear with me here as I normally would never even think to ask you this question because I would know the answer immediately. But given the COVID-19 year, the pandemic, how many players they lost to the pros last year, the opt-outs this year, would a 500 season be a success for an LSU program considering those factors? Well, I certainly would say, you know, considering where we were a week ago when we were looking ahead to that Florida yeah. game and nobody giving them a chance to win the game. And, you know, what's, I think, uh, you know, the, even midway through the season, a lot of fans were like, what's the point of even playing that, you know, that, um, you know, I, hard to say if it, it would be a success because you, you still go back to the Mississippi State loss and the Missouri loss. And, and those two games, regardless of the opt-outs, regardless of COVID-19, regardless of uh, new defensive coordinator, those were two games they should have never lost. And yep. so they should, you know, they should be sitting here right now. What? Uh, they should be six and six and three or six. And, yeah, six and three right now instead of where yep. they're at. So, I, yeah, maybe not a success, but I, I think if they're able to finish off and win these two games, it is a nice springboard into 2021. Well, Jeff, I just want to make sure you understand and know and realize that I did call that game last week by three points. <laughs> you, um, <laughs> shortly thereafter, you were the only win. one in the world that thought LSU yeah. was going to win. <laughs> 
And look, shortly thereafter, I bought uh, I bought two Powerball tickets and two Mega Millions tickets, and I did not win anything. Just so you know, so I suck. I'm not good at all. I'm horrible. Um, but yeah. anyway, no man, it, it was great uh, spending some time with you the last uh, four weeks or so, five weeks or so, and then um, man, it was it was my pleasure. Uh, but you know, going forward, and I asked, I think I asked Jimmy this question: What does LSU have to do? moving forward to make this thing, you know, turn this thing around again. And, 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 you know, whatever happens today against Ole Miss and hopefully they win, I think they will, but how does LSU save face with all the off field, off the field stuff, as well as on the field with trying to get things back together as it once was the quote unquote, not a you know, long time ago in 2019. Well, I think it started with what happened Wednesday on early signing day. You, you you sign a top five recruiting class. I mean, that's that's significant. You keep two five star prospects in the state of Louisiana. I think that's that's significant. Um, you know, I think uh, you have, you know, regardless of what happens today, as you said, uh, and we're assuming miles Brennan comes back, but I think you're, you're pretty good at the quarterback position. If Brennan comes back, that's great, which I, I think he will. If he does it well, uh, you, you had two quarterbacks this season that really got some great experience and they'll be better for it. And it, it looks like they, what, whichever direction they go with TJ or max, I, I think, you know, both of those guys can certainly win games in the sec and be successful. Um, you know, it all starts on the offensive and defensive line. They only signed one offensive lineman in this, uh, at least during the early signing period, but look for them to go out and get some more guys. They still got uh, several spots to fill in this recruiting class. Um, I think, uh, you know, on the defensive line, they, they obviously got to continue to develop guys there. So, um, the makings are, I mean, there's, there's certain ingredients there that, uh, gives them a chance to, to get back to, uh, a level where they're 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 winning obviously more games in 2021, and then I think you got to look at your coaching staff and, and figure out are uh, you know who 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 needs to stay on the staff and who doesn't. There, there's there's certainly going to be changes there. Uh, I think one of the more frustrating things this season, uh, one some of the play calling has has not been very good, uh, especially in short yardage situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think you, you also have to look at you know, the, the lack of in-game adjustments has been very difficult uh, or has been very tough to watch. Uh, you know, just not adjusting to what Mississippi State was doing, not adjusting to what Devontae Smith was doing to him against that when they played Alabama. Um, you know, at Auburn just letting that game just get out of out of whack. Um you know, just not uh, not making a lot of very good in-game adjustments. So they got to figure that out. Uh, you know, one of the things they got on this staff, they got a ton of recruiters, and it, it it showed, I think, on Wednesday with the type of class that they were able to bring in, or at least the start of the class of what they're going to bring in. But there certainly needs to be some adjustments in it. I think you got to just set a a, a right attitude. Uh, the one team, one heartbeat. Uh, you know, has worked. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe change it up a little bit, maybe just kind of a different, uh, different mindset, different philosophy, move on to a, a new slogan or something and see if uh, that might get guys to, to really back you. Uh, you know, just things like that. Uh, I don't think, as we said, you know, when Christian was gone, Herb, I, I don't think they're that far away. 
uh, one of my concerns right. is is that I, I think A and M and Ole Miss have really become have really, and I think Ole Miss will continue to develop its program. And A and M is not going away, and you're you're always constantly battling Auburn and, and Alabama. I just think the road to the to get back to the top is is going to be much more difficult than it was uh, in 2019 when those were you know basically easy wins when you went up against teams like. Um, Ole Miss, for instance, and uh, you know Arkansas is going to get better. I just think it's it's uh, it's going to be harder. So you you got to even work even that much. You got to be got to work even that much harder to get to where you want to get to. Jeff Palermo, uh, WWL.com columnist at Jeff Palermo LRN on Twitter. Jeff, you alluded at some coaching changes that might be possible on, along this LSU coaching staff. Who could be in jeopardy? Do you think Bo Pelini is safe? Uh, it's, it's hard to say that he'll be safe. Uh, I mean. I, I think there is a a lot of respect between Bo Pelini and Ed Orgeron, but if Ed Orgeron has to make a business decision and move on and say, "Hey, Bo, it just it just didn't work for whatever reason," um, you know, here's your here's your buyout, and I got to go find somebody else. I mean, there's a chance today that Ole Miss is going to rack up over 600 yards of offense. That would be three straight games that LSU has allowed over 600 yards of offense. That's that's rough, and I understand they're playing a lot of young guys, and they, they didn't have a lot of guys. You know, they lost a, a much most of their secondary last week, but, again, you kind of just go back to the beginning of the season when they were um, at, at full force or as much as full force as possible despite some of the early opouts, and you still saw a lot of problems. And there has been some progress, but it's it's tough. It's uh, You know, I don't it, – it would be hard to bring it back. So I, I can see – you know, them certainly making that decision to, to, to move on from uh, Bo Pelini. And who knows? Uh, you know, the the other major hire was Linehan. And um, I don't know if uh, he is connected with this team, like obviously Joe Brady did. Um, and there could be some other assistants that go. Uh, it hasn't been a great um, season for the offensive line, but uh, do you do you fire a guy after he had the best offensive line in the country? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see five or five to six assistants go, but two or three will most likely not be here. And then there's obviously maybe one or two go find uh, a, a, another job somewhere else or some something like that. So, but there will certainly be changes. There has to be. You, you can't have a a non-winning season and just bring the entire coaching staff back. Jeff, do you think that uh, Miles Brennan's days as a starter are jeopardized if Max Johnson has success again today? No, but I, I think it's an open competition. I, I certainly think it's an open competition going into next season, and it, he might have to fight for a, a spot to start. And uh, But I don't think Miles mm-hmm. is going to back down from that. I mean, he, he's had the opportunity to go – find somewhere else to play uh but he's he's stuck with it and and i don't think he's you know i don't think he's going to uh he's going to shy away from the challenge and i think he'll 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 certainly embrace it um you know unless there's you know unless there is some place that he spots in the country of college football and says you know what i can go there and be a graduate transfer and i know i got a, a really good chance to start but he'll have a really good chance to start at LSU next year, regardless of what Max Johnson does today. And Max could have a good game because this, obviously, this Ole Miss defense is really, really bad. 
Jeff right, Palermo. Man, we're looking forward Go to ahead, it. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. I just, you know, how do we <laughs> – you, so you say we, if we give up 600 yards this particular game, that will be three straight 600-yard games that our defense gives up. I mean, we're, we were kind of licking our wounds a little bit last last week against Florida. I mean, we had a lot of guys that were playing that were true yeah. freshmen that hadn't played ever, right? Um, so do you see – how do you see our defense bouncing back from that? Well, not really bouncing back from that, but do we have guys that are coming back? Is Derek Stingley going to be back? Is Ward going to be back? Where are we, you know, health-wise on defense right now? Yeah, well, so Derek Stingley's questionable. <laughs> Um, you know, you, you get back uh, Cordell Flott um, after the uh, targeting penalty. Uh, Elias Ricks, um, we'll see if he's uh, – I, I believe he should be good to go today. Um, you get Micah Baskerville back. Remember, he didn't play last week. Yep, he didn't, so he didn't really, play. Really did, yeah, uh, so uh, I think that will help. Uh, that will certainly help. Um, so, I, I mean, I think – you know, even though they gave up a bunch of yards, uh, I, I thought it was really impressive when Florida finally got the momentum going in their in their direction last week. That the deep with three consecutive possessions where Florida didn't score any points, and then LSU was able to, you know, retake the the momentum of the game and obviously eventually win it. So, I mean, th- there's been there's been flashes of seeing this defense progress, um, and, and there's been flashes where it looks like they're starting to understand what they're supposed to be doing in the four three. Um, so, I mean, that's why it's a difficult decision, I think, for Coach O, because I think he sees certain things where he says, "Well, maybe this can work," but yeah, I don't know. When when you look at the whole the whole thing, it, it has not been very good, and. Uh, they they obviously need to figure out wh- where they're going here defensively. I I think they want to keep playing the four three defense. Coach L seems more comfortable with that. Uh, but is Bo Pelini the right guy to do it? I, you know, it it doesn't seem like it on the surface. But who knows? We'll we'll see. Uh, but one of the things we've been saying is that it seems like Coach L knows what he wants to do. I don't think he's going to sit here and and contemplate it too much. I think he he's. He's rec- he recognized early on in the season where this thing is getting off the tracks, and I think he can figure it out pretty quick. And I think you got to give him that. Obviously, got to give him that opportunity. He he knew when he took over for Les Miles what needed to be done, and he and he made some quick changes. And I think he's just ready to do it again. Jeff Palermo, WWL.com columnist. Thank you so much, Jeff, for the time in, and uh, look forward to talking to you again down the road. All right, Christian. All right, he's Herb. I'm Christian. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. I'll learn how to talk here eventually. The Gulf Coast (laughs) Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show on WWL. 30 minutes to go. One of my favorite human human beings on the line with us, Herb Tyler. He will stay with us till 1230. I'm Christian Garrick. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL, com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.